Today on Focus on the Family, Pastor Ted Cunningham shares some really fun insights into how you can have a more enjoyable relationship with your spouse, including the importance of good communication. Early in our marriage, I had to tell her, I go, listen, baby, there's just not a lot of adventure left for men in the world anymore, okay? So please, let me find my own parking space, okay? I want to do it all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stay with us as we laugh and learn on today's Focus on the Family with your host, Focus President Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Uh, You know, Ted Cunningham, he has a real gift for humor, and today he's going to combine that with some great ideas to promote intimacy between husbands and wives. And humor works so well. Uh, This was actually recorded for our Date Night Challenge uh, Comedy Edition, which gives churches an opportunity to host an event that couples can attend to enjoy an evening together, kind of like a date night, and um, hopefully strengthen their marriage. That's the goal. Ted Cunningham is founding pastor of Woodland Hills Family Church in Branson, Missouri. He's written a number of books, and uh, as we said, he's talking to married couples about strengthening every aspect of the relationship, including physical intimacy. And uh, with that, here's our featured speaker on today's Focus on the Family. Well, it is good to be here. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Now, I grew up in an independent, fundamental, premillennial, King James Version-only Baptist church. And so I really shouldn't even be here tonight. Because you all got some... (laughs) Anyway, I, I grew up in a church and a home that taught me how to love Jesus, but I grew up in a church and a home that taught me how to honor purity, but not necessarily how to honor marriage. So you can imagine, seven years into marriage, one night my wife was in bed reading a book on how men think. It's not a real thick book. (laughs) You can read it in about a night. And I remember her reading this book and flipping the pages, and I could tell she was getting more and more mad, getting more and more frustrated. And I've told her for years, the problem with our marriage is you read too much. You'd stop reading, we'd have a better marriage. And she's flipping these pages, and she finally sets the book down, and she goes, I have to ask you a question, and I need an honest answer. She said, have you ever struggled with lust towards another woman? Now let me teach you something. (laughs) All right, you start by acting as though you didn't hear the question. (laughs) Huh? Have you ever struggled with lust towards another woman? Tactic two, you act as though you didn't understand the question. What do you mean? But then I knew we were going there. We were going to have a long conversation about the way men think. And, and for the week, as we discussed this, we'd walk into stores, and any time a woman would walk towards me, Amy would look right at me, and I'd have to look right to the ground. That was the, for the whole week. Like that. The end of the week, this is a true story. She comes up to me and she says, I've been getting some discipleship. I've been reading everything I can get my hands on. For who's the first person she had to go hear, right? She had to find out what Beth Moore said about the subject. Because if Beth Moore said it, Jesus believes it. 
And she said, I'm going to tell you something right now, Ted Cunningham. I will be your only fantasy. Okay, there's a Hebrew term for that. You know what the Hebrew term is? Bam, bam, chicky, chicky, bam, bam. But I think Christians should be leading out in this. Husband and wife, the marriage bed kept pure. We, we can have a lot of creative ideas in the marriage bedroom without bringing anything from the world into it. And all God's people said, you're like, I don't know. Depends on how far he's going to go with this. I'm going to start with the guys just to help you out because I love you and I care for you. And this is pastoral uh, care tonight. I want to give you a list on how to prepare your wife for a night of romance. Okay? And if you're not having taken any notes, this is the time to start. And get your phone out and you start writing it down because we believe in our home men are microwaves, women are crockpots. That's number one. We actually got a candle that we call the crockpot candle. And when that candle's lit, it means tonight's the night. I taught my kids to play with matches. You guys light that thing anytime you want. I've lost count of how many times we've blown the candle out because of you kids. But the candle can be lit, and it means, okay, we have all day. So, guys, this is all day. We're preparing her for a night of romance. Okay, number one, it starts early in the morning. Number two, give her a non-sexual touch before you leave the house. That's what we call an NST, okay? Dr. Gary Smalley says you need 12 of those a day, and it's not 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know what a non-sexual touch is, right? It's the hair over the ear. It's a hand on the back. Is it the, maybe opening a door and the hand on the small of the back? Driving down the road, a hand on the thigh, holding hands, a gentle kiss on the cheek. That's a non-sexual touch. Okay? Call her during the day. Just add it to the list. Call her during the day for no purpose other than to connect with her. Just to say, hey, how you doing? I'm just calling this. I want you to know I'm at work but I'm thinking of you. Mm. Get home a little bit early. Do something domestic. If you beat your wife home, get the dishwasher started. The key here is you don't even need dishes in it. Just get the dishwasher started. The sound of the dishwasher going on does something to my wife. I can't explain it. But when I do any sort of cleaning around the house, she's like, and when she just looks at me, we don't even have to communicate with words anymore. She looks at me like, you are my man. (laughs) The candle is lit. And I, I try to help my brothers along in this because they're like, well, we don't really connect all day and we've been tired and... Well, she's working and I'm working and we're doing the kids' activities and we're getting home. But, but I always like to go into the kitchen about 9 o'clock and tap her and be like, hey, baby, you want to go? And she says, no. Right? You haven't prepared me. Right? For a woman, sexual interest is driven by, by energy. 
This is why, this is why you have to remove distractions. And in our home right now, we got a 10-year-old distraction and a 12-year-old distraction. And most nights, the candle's lit. I have to run around the house going, stay away from your mother. Right? Leave her alone. Go to your room right now. I just have to say something to mom. No, you're going to say nothing to mom. You're going to leave mom alone. You can talk to her in the morning. Amy, honestly, after a couple hours, she'll come out of the bedroom after taking a bath or something. She'll be like, hey, where are the kids? They're safe. That's all you need to know. You focus. You stay. I bet that you guys know what I'm talking about. She, you've done all this work. You've worked for 12 hours. And the kid can say or do something. I'm not really in the mood. You stay focused. I'll take care of the kids. You got to bring some candles into the bedroom. And this is where the ladies start to go, I'm kind of insecure about my body. Well, put a votive in the far corner of the room, make him squint, but get a candle. Okay, that's enough for the guys. Ladies, here's my list for you on how to prepare your husband for romance. Show up naked, that's it. We don't need no calls during the day just to see how we're doing. We're fine. The house doesn't even need to be clean. You'd be amazed at how dirty it can be. <laughs> Marriage should be honored by all. You know, that means every single, every married, young, old, it doesn't matter. All of us are called to esteem marriage as highly valuable. I think we've gotten away from this next key uh, verse in the Scripture. It's, it's found in Ecclesiastes. Uh, I love the bookends of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 1, life is hard. Ecclesiastes 12, then you die. That's, a, that's why a lot of people avoid that book. But generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. And then you get to chapter 12, and it says, what? Remember your Creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come, where you say, I find no pleasure in them. It's old age. Here's the bookends. Life is hard, then you die. But in the middle of this book is Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 9. It says this, go and eat your food with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart. We were independent, fundamental, premillennial, king, James, virgin, only Baptist. We never did that part. We left that part out. It says, eat your food with gladness, drink your wine with a joyful heart, for now God favors what you do, but not the independent Baptist, but God favors it. (laughs) Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil, speaking there of joy and festivity. And then verse 9 says this, endure life with your wife all your miserable days. I love going to churches where Bibles are closed, and I misquote that verse like that. I'll say, endure life with your wife all your miserable days, and I'll always get a few, "Mm." it's good, it's good. And I'll say, that's not what it says. You know what it says? And it's the only place in your Bible where it says this, enjoy life with your wife whom you love all your meaningless days, for this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. In other words, you can enjoy life and marriage at the same time. Part of esteeming marriage as highly valuable is reminding all of us that you don't have to choose between life and wife. I want you to think about this for just a second. 
just a second. EHarmonyMatch.com, FarmersOnly.com comes on the screen. But think about the guy who's sitting at home right now in a bad marriage or in a stuck marriage. Or the wife is in a bad marriage, a stuck marriage. They see the twirling couple on the screen. You've seen them. Guy comes on. They found their soulmate. They found. We have an algorithm. That all you have to do is take a test, put you with the perfect person. And he's going, oh, look how happy they look. They're enjoying life. I'd like to enjoy life like that maybe again one day. They did for marriage. But now I'm married. And our problem is we never took a test. <laughs> and you know, our culture really has fallen for this idea that compatibility is something you find or something you test for. And that's just not true. Compatibility is something you create. It's a, you learn to enjoy one another. You learn to be compatible. My wife and I, we are different. I grew up in a home that taught savings was money you put away for a rainy day. She grew up in a home that taught savings was the difference between the actual price and the sale price. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But with our money, we're learning to become compatible. She grew up with holidays. We weren't compatible with the holidays. My wife grew up tree in every room, garland over every door, lights everywhere. My family decorated for Christmas on a commercial break. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Dad would go over to the crawl space, pull out a three-foot pre-decorated tree and put it on the deal, pull off the garbage bag, and we'd sing Joy to the World and back to That's Incredible. That's how it worked. But not my wife. And so you can imagine every Christmas early on, especially by the time I'm getting the 57th box down out of the attic that says Christmas decor, I'm in no mood to celebrate the birth of my Lord and Savior. <laughs> Anybody with me? Am I the only one? I'm ticked off. But we're finding ways to be compatible. And here's one of the little tools that we've picked up. And actually, I picked this up from my friends, Jason, Earls, and John Brannion. They're comedians, and they have what's called in comedy the callback. The callback, it's what makes your favorite comedian your favorite comedian. It's what makes your favorite sitcom your favorite sitcom. And here's how it works. Something happens. There's an event. You put a little space between the event, but then you bring the callback in at a later time. It's Jeff Foxworthy, right? Anytime he says, you might be a redneck, we all die laughing. Bill Ingvall, here's your sign, right? Those are the callbacks those guys have. And we've decided we need some callbacks in our marriage in order to enjoy one another. My wife, she, she's a foodie. Do we have any foodies in here? Let me see the hands of all the foodies. Okay, I'm not a foodie. What a foodie means is you go into a restaurant and you never leave full. That's the definition of a foodie. Small portions, big prices. We're in New York. She walks me into this restaurant and I sit down I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. I'm not going to get enough food. Waiter walks over. He has a plank and there's a mint leaf sticking out this side and a mint leaf sticking out that side. And I ask him, is that the salad? Is this where we're starting this thing? And I kid you not, he says, no, here's what the chef recommends, that you take the mint leaf, you begin rubbing it over your lips and under your nose and on your chin. You just really begin. It's going to prepare you for the meal. I look over. My wife's totally into it. I'm still holding mine. And I told the guy, I said, you know, I grew up in Illinois where we grew a lot of produce. We just never once thought about rubbing it on our faces. And I think if a husband and a wife are going to rub vegetables on their face together, I think it should be done in privacy, and you don't even need to be here right now.
he wouldn't leave. So because he wouldn't leave, I decided I'm going to wear this mint leaf out. So I'm, <laughs> I'm rubbing. I hand it back to him and he takes it off. But now watch the callback because my wife knows that is just not a comfortable situation for me. And, and I hear guys say this to me a lot. They'll say things like, yo, that's her thing. It's not my thing. But compatibility is her thing becoming your thing and your thing becoming her thing. Finding ways to enjoy it. So here's the callback on that one. Now, when we're at my favorite restaurant, Le Cracker Barrel, <laughs> all I have to do is lean over, grab a piece of her broccoli and go like that a little bit. <laughs> and she's ready to go. We've become more compatible in this area too. Early in our marriage, I had to tell her, I go, listen, baby, there's just not a lot of adventure left for men in the world anymore, okay? So please, let me find my own parking space, okay? I want to do it all by myself. I want to provide it for my family. She'd point a spot three spaces in. I'd drive 20 spaces down. And she used to look at me with those eyes and said, you stubborn, stubborn man. But not anymore. You know what part of becoming compatible requires and enjoying life together requires? You have to fire one another as the source of life. Jesus is our source of life, not one another. So here's what we did. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to be a part of doing this with us. I'm going to have you raise your right hand and repeat after me. Go ahead. This is the participatory part of the night. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. I, state your name. Everybody's part of the comedy tour now. Do hereby resign as general manager of the universe and my spouse. Okay, now watch this. This is the best part. Take your finger for the very last time. That finger that has been pointing blame at your spouse for years for your unhappiness, point it at your spouse for the very last time and say these words that will set you free in Jesus. Say, you're fired. You will no longer suck the life out of me. Jesus is my source of life, not you. You don't have to keep repeating. I'm teaching now. But some of you are really getting into that. And I'll say another thing. The way you... Okay, so stay with me. We're almost done for the night. So now, because we fired one another as a source of light, no more you will not... So now, guess what that does? It turns conflict into fun. It turns it into that callback where we're able to enjoy one another, even in a parking lot. And so now we pull in. And she points, I've told her, the rules of the parking lot have not changed. I can't, from the foundations of the earth, God set up the rules. When a woman points out a spot, automatically disqualifies that spot. <laughs> it's no longer in an available spot. So I go past her third space in, 20 spaces down, and there I sit. And you know what she does now, and I love it? She leans over and she starts massaging my bicep. And she'll say, you did this all by yourself. And I can't fully explain it, but it does something to me. You know what I caught her doing a couple years ago? She knows those Andy's candies at the end of an Olive Garden meal are like crack to me. I love those Andy's candies. 
She bought a bag of them. She keeps them in her purse for when I do something good. And it was in a parking lot. I received my first one. She pulled it out. She handed it to me. I grabbed that out of her hand. I'm opening it up, and I realize... My wife just gave me a treat. She is rewarding my good behavior. I... I was all right. I opened it up, and I enjoyed it anyway. That's turning conflict into a callback. And, and you just have to make the decision, right? The decision to stay married flows from your character. That commitment flows from character, and character trumps compatibility. Compatibility flows from your character. And we have received some great callbacks from those out on tour. And one of my favorite ones comes from a guy. He, he said, my wife called me at work one day. And the toilet was running. And I told her to go over, take the lid off the top, and look down. The chain's probably on the bottom. Just reach down, grab the chain, put it back, and, he go, and he's explaining it to her. And she goes, ew! She says, I'm not reaching my hand in there. Disgusting. And he goes, honey, it's clean water. It's like the water that comes out of the sink, and he has to talk her into it. So he finally talks her into reaching her hand in there. But right before... <laughs> Right before she does, she asks him the question, oh, am I going to get electrocuted? <laughs> and he came up with the most brilliant callback. He said, honey, you have to unplug the toilet first. Thank you very much, Date Night Comedy Tour. It's been great being with you. You've been a lot of fun tonight. Thanks. <laughs> An enthusiastic crowd at the Date Night Challenge event featuring Pastor Ted Cunningham. And that's been our presentation on today's Focus on the Family. Yeah, Ted's a pastor, but what a great sense of humor he has. And what a great way to share encouragement for our marriages. And I want to emphasize what Ted did there toward the end, John. Uh, he had everyone resign from the position of general manager of the universe and my spouse. And man, that hits me right in the heart. I hope you caught that, all of us men particularly, but wives too. Um, it reminds me of the saying, you can't be your spouse's Holy Spirit. And I think this is one of the critical things in marriage. Um, he said it in a funny way, but it is so deeply true. And as much as we sometimes would like to, we uh, really can't create lasting change in our spouse. Um, and unfortunately, it's really easy for us to see what needs to be changed in them when we can't see our own need to change. But if we can have this mindset that we have resigned as the general manager of the universe and my spouse, uh, we can relax a bit and accept our spouse and their faults and work on our own flaws instead, which is the key. You are the only person you can really change. And that was his point. John, I got to tell you, this is a real recipe for a peaceful home. And I'm going to remember it next time I am just itching <laughs> to tell Dina how to load the dishwasher. Yeah, me too. Okay, because I go in there and... I just need to let her do it her way and be a bit more lighthearted about it and use a little more humor in my approach. 
Our program was provided by Focus on the Family. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. Listening to Ted Cunningham is a laugh a minute. He has to be one of the funniest guys I've ever heard. One of my favorite stories is the one about the treats that his wife was keeping in her purse for when he was good. That's hilarious. I hope that you were entertained, but also enlightened on how you can make your marriage a little more intimate. The book we're recommending is called Take the Date Night Challenge, 52 Creative Ideas to Make Your Marriage Fun. You can order your copy when you call us on 031-716-3300 or when you stop by our website at safamily.co.za. From the 1st to the 7th of September, we celebrate Marriage Week here in South Africa. And so we'll be focusing our programs on marriage. There's also an SA Marriage Week website set up where you can subscribe for daily content and activities for the week. I really want to encourage you to do that. We're actually championing Marriage Week here in South Africa because we believe so wholeheartedly in the institution of marriage. And of course, we want to help your marriage thrive. The theme this year is Unlocking Hearts and the focus is on communication and intimacy. So please visit our website at safamily.co.za and you'll be directed to where you can sign up for the exciting Marriage Week program. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Graham Schnell, inviting you to join us next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. <laughs>